There's also another point that I want to just bring up, and that is not just being sensitive to others, but the ability, and this is really more selfless, the ability to celebrate others, to celebrate others' success. You are listening to The JP Show, where we discuss the issues you care about from a Jewish perspective. I am Rabbi G. I am Rabbi Levy. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi there, it's Rabbi G, and uh, the following is my opening words. So we've been talking about narcissism, but we can't just talk about the problem of narcissism. We also need to talk about what we can do about it and to continue to take steps to turn the tide and turn the style and the trend in which society is going. Now, when we say that, that of course can be a very overwhelming thought, but it shouldn't be because we have a very strong Jewish principle called a little bit of light pushes away a lot of darkness number one and number two we never know the effect we can have we never know the ripple effect that we can have on others goodness is contagious goodness spreads so each in our own way we need to do something now it could be small steps and and you know I've seen this written that it could be just simple, simple things about making a resolution not to be so absorbed in our own self. We all have an ego. We all tend to, or we all can, very quickly fall into the trap of being self-absorbed. But even something like, you know, I'm going to try for the next week not to interrupt people when they're talking. I'm going to volunteer for an organization. I'm going to speak to people nicely and kindly and not get angry. All these type of things that require quieting of the ego, requires putting ourselves aside sometimes, just to put in small steps of becoming less self-absorbed and moving towards the goal of selflessness rather than narcissistic behavior. And just to talk about it and to inspire others because it is an alarming trend. One of those things we've been talking about is the concept of empathy. Now, empathy, of course, means not just being kind to others. We spoke about this last week. But it also means putting yourself in another person's shoes, feeling each, another person's feelings, tuning in and noticing what they're going through, being sensitive to them with empathy and compassion. There's also another point that I want to just bring up, and that is not just being sensitive to others, but the ability, and this is really more selfless, the ability to celebrate others, to celebrate others' success. Let me just share with you a short insight uh, where we find the power of this idea in the Torah. So we know that on Chagim, in the diaspora, at least in Israel, this happens every day. The Kohanim, the priests, bless the people. That's the mitzvah of the Torah, to bless the people. And when they bless, they make a blessing, and they say they're doing this with the holiness of Aaron. Aaron, of course, is their ancestor, the first priest, the first Kohen. What was so special about Aaron? Why do they need the holiness of Aaron? What does that mean? Well, we know something about Aaron. Aaron was a person who was Ohev Shalom Verodef Shalom. The ethics of the fathers teaches us he loved peace and pursued peace. He he just loved other people. That was Aaron, and because he had that love and that ability to bring peace between people as he did, peace is always a conduit for tremendous blessing, and that's why the Kohanim, they're able to bless others because they carry the gene, so to speak, the spiritual gene of Aaron, their ancestor, the gene of peace. But it goes much deeper than just liking peace and liking other people, loving other people. Aaron has something very special, and I'm going to try and say this briefly. Because when Moses stood at the burning bush, 
famous biblical story. And God instructed him to go down to Egypt and become the leader of the Jewish people. Moses debated God. He argued with him. He didn't want to go. One of the reasons he didn't want to go is because he had an older brother. Now, let's just put this into context. Moses had been gone at this point from Egypt for quite a number of years. Aaron, his older brother, by three years, was probably the one that was the inspiring go-to person for people that were going through slavery and oppression and persecution. So he was already a kind of a leader. And Moses says, why should I take the leadership of the Jewish people? I haven't even been around for a long time. It's Aaron. Aaron could do it. And what's Aaron going to say, so to speak? And the Torah tells us that God said to him, you go back to Egypt, you become a leader, and I'm telling you because I know Aaron. Aaron will come and greet you and he'll come and welcome you. He's going to see you and be happy for you, celebrate your appointment, which is a very difficult thing to achieve. He's an older brother, he's been doing it for a while. And yet not, Aaron not, did not only tolerate the appointment of Moses as leader of the Jewish people, he celebrated it because he was going to achieve the goals, the same goals that Aaron wanted to achieve anyway. And it wasn't about himself. He was never about himself. It was about others. It was about achieving the greater values and the greater good. So Aaron saw Moses and celebrated, not just tolerated, but celebrated the success and the happiness of someone else. And that's what we have to learn. Sometimes it's hard. We feel a bit threatened. We feel maybe we should have been the one in that position. Maybe the, another person's success takes away from, from ours. So part of learning selflessness, part of learning to be less narcissistic or to reverse the trend of egocentric behavior is to learn to not just to be sensitive to others, kind to others, put yourself in others' shoes, but also to celebrate others. That's my opening remarks. Okay, Rabbi Levi, how are you and how are you enjoying the King's birthday? We're recording this on the King's birthday. We're doing well. We had a great learning program this morning, um, discussing different things about the King's coronation, various halachic issues. Fascinating. Um, yeah, it's great to be at a little bit of a slower pace today, Davin a little bit later today. So we're uh, well rested and ready to go. Excellent. So um, let's talk about a general thing first of all, and we'll get into more specific. As you mentioned there um, about the idea of everyone putting in their own work to be a little bit less self-centered. We're all a little bit self-centered. We all have egos. Let's work on ourselves. But we live in a very self-centered world. So I guess one can ask the question, and you can ask this question about many things, like what's the point of me working on myself if this whole world is very, very messed up? Let's put it, uh, let's put it straight like that. And I guess it's, it's in terms of working ourselves in anything. Like does my little bit actually make that, that much of a difference? What do you think about that? So I think, I mean, in addition to what I said before about a little bit of light pushes away a lot of darkness, I think, number one, first of all, that's not our problem. We need to do what we need to do. That's, first of all, even on a moral level, right? And then we just never know the effect we have. You know, it takes a number of people to create a culture. So I'll just show with you a quick, beautiful story I just read, Absolutely. I just heard the other day. So, you know, now in America, it's summertime and it's very, there's a very big culture. There are summer camps. So there's a particular camp. This is the story, a beautiful thing. It was last year or... Uh, before, whenever it happened, it's a particular camp that the counselors, the Madrichim, came the day before, and the head counselor got up and he gave a speech to his counselors. He said, Listen, tomorrow there's going to be buses coming of all the kids. You'll see when the kids get off the buses, you'll see they'll be chatty and happy, and 
You'll notice lots of different social groups, kids talk, talking to their friends. But you will also notice, I mean, he didn't even know who the kids were, but he'll, he, he knew this was going to happen. He said, you'll also notice one kid who doesn't have friends. You'll notice a kid walking on their own with no one to talk to. Go up, go up to that kid, say, how are you? How's your day? Take him to the canteen and buy him a Danish. Okay, the next day, sure enough, the buses come and they all get off the, the bus. And sure enough, there's this one kid walking alone. And one counselor remembered what the head counselor said before, said the day before, went up to the kid, was nice to him, said some kind words, took him to the canteen and bought him a Danish. And he thought it was amazing. You could see what difference it made to the child. The child perked up and it was amazing. So he went to the head counselor and he said, you know, I did what you told us to do, but how did you come up with this? Like, what did you, like, why did you do that? She so said, because I was that kid mm. when, I, when, when, when I went to camp. Story continues that, so he asked him, so who, who took you to, who did, who did it for you? And he mentioned a name. And this council was so inquisitive, he went and he tracked down that older man who he was the one that did it to the head counselor. And he said to him, why did you do it? He told him the story. He said, why did you do it? He said, because I was that kid. And when I was in camp, there was a rabbi, a famous rabbi in America, his name was Yaakov Kamenetsky, and his and his child, his son, who was then a rabbi, who now is a big rabbi, he, he came to visit camp, and he saw me alone, and he did it for me. And he probably did it to a lot of people. Wow. But it's now carried on. So you never know. You never know. That's right. So we're talking about the antidote to narcissism, which is empathy, which is being happy for other people. So you mentioned being happy with other people's successes. You know, it's interesting, in Judaism, we find very much emphasize that both when someone's going through a tragedy and when someone's going through a very, very happy occasion, there's always other people around. Like um, when someone's mourning the death of a loved one, we have Shiva, right? People come and visit and comfort you. This idea of this, even an obligation to actually go and comfort, uh, to go and comfort the, the mourner. Of course, when someone gets married, you need to have a minion there, right? And this concept of needs to be at least... 10 people around, right? In order for it to be, someone else has to be, there's a, actually a mitzvah as well, to go and be happy for the, with the bride and groom and to make them happy. Uh, of course, a bar mitzvah, you know, getting an aliyah to the Torah, you need a minion. All these things need to be done within the community. We're very, very community focused, both when it comes to happy occasions and, and sad occasions. I think that's, 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 a, that's an amazing thing. I think it's training us to show up for people when both when they're going through something hard and when they're going through something happy. Um, so I guess two questions, interesting things to analyze. Number one, which one do you think is harder to do for the, for the, for the people? Like, is it harder to feel empathetic when someone's going through something sad and to be there for them or to be happy for someone else, especially when that, when, when, what, what you're happy for that other person you don't have, you don't have that particular happiness in your life. Do you think that's more difficult? And also, just on the flip side, it's an interesting question that just literally came to my mind right now. I understand why the Torah puts such an emphasis on being there for someone when they're going through a hard time. Because, you know, when you're going through a hard time, you need other people to support you. Why do you think it's so important for the person who's happy to have other people to be there for them? Why do you think it's such a, wow. that's, that's a, that's, that's such a critical thing? That's two great questions. So, in terms of the first question... It's interesting you asked me the question because I think actually a while ago you actually pointed this out to me. I think the first time I heard this idea was from you. Um, okay. <laughs> so you, and you remember. But actually sometimes it's actually harder to be happy for someone than to be sad for someone. Um, I'm still not 100% sure why. I think it's got to do with if you're a kind person, 
we can really feel the pain of someone else when they're going through a challenge because it's never threatening to us. Mm. Like you never want to be in their shoes. We never want to be in their right. shoes. And because right. we never want to be in their shoes, maybe sometimes it's easier to be in their shoes because it's completely non-threatening. It's just an act of complete kindness and selflessness and so on, which is great. But when someone's going through a simcha, not just to show up, but to actually feel their joy, to be excited for them, to dance at their wedding like it's your wedding or like your child's wedding, right? That's, uh, you know, sometimes we have to go to a wedding or another wedding, you know, like, right. to, you know, did they have to invite me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm busy anyway, kind of thing, right? Right. But no, it's like, what do you mean? It's another person, it's their joy, right? I have to say, you know, there are a few people that I always think about when I want to be inspired for different reasons. And I'm not going to mention any names, obviously, but there are one or two people that I know that just for whatever reason didn't have or don't doesn't have the opportunities to have certain simchas, right? Yeah. And I'm always completely blown away about their ability to be, you know, you can tell them something's real or not, right? Yeah. For the ability to be truly happy for other people, never trace of victimhood, never trace of jealousy, but to be so excited when there's a simcha happening by other people, which I think is just truly amazing. So, yeah, so it's probably harder, and I think that's something to really work on. And both successes or happiness, because, you know, someone's simple is also like success. Like, Correct. you know, they're, they're, you know, we all have our peckle, we all have our challenges in life, but when you see someone really being able to celebrate something, to celebrate with them, you're right. In a way, sometimes it's even harder. I mean, we've got, to, we've got to, first of all, start with putting ourselves in someone else's pain, which is really important. But I think you make a really valid point. It's not just about pain. Sometimes even more important to put ourselves in their joy and their successes. So why do you think that's important? So why is it important? I think because, as we know, um, God created us to be connected. Mm. He created us to relate. He created us to have relationships. And part of the relationships is sharing. And sharing means sharing our joy. But you can't share our, we can't share our joy, we can't publicly show gratitude to other people, to God, if we have no one to share it with. That's why we have a halakha that you have to go I mean, a bris miller, even a bris, it says should have a minion. Yeah. A chuppah needs to have a minion, not only by the ceremony, but even preferably, I know we talked about this on a halachic level during COVID. Lockdown, right. Right, because, you know, whether you need a minion for a bris, you need a minion for the party. Yeah. And not critical, but you do. It's preferable when you have a su'udah, when you have a meal for a, a simcha to have a minion, at least yeah. have a minion, right? Because this idea of, 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 first of all, it's an opportunity to publicly thank God. There's this concept we have in Judaism to honor God in public is a very, very big thing. And just to share, to share, because when you share something with other people, and when other people respond, not just by being there, existing there, but actually by partaking in your simcha in a real way, it, it deepens the connection between us, it deepens the relationships, it deepens how we relate to yeah. each other. And maybe perhaps besides for that, it's also for the people coming. Like we said before, if, 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 there's, a, if there's an idea of impressing upon people to be more empathetic, not only in times of sadness, but in times of joy, that itself is a purpose, to allow Correct. people to be able to come and let go of themselves and actually partake in your joy as well. So actually, actually touching on something very interesting, because part of being a, a more selfless society is giving to others, just on a very basic level, empathy yeah. or giving or kindness, whatever, right? Yeah. But it's always, you know, as, as we've said before, I think it's always important not only to give, but to create opportunities for others to give. Mm. Um, which means sometimes when people want to show up, yes, give them an opportunity. Even if someone wants to give you a compliment, don't just oh, no, no, not really. It's not me. Right. And, uh, just say thank you and, and give the give the opportunity for other people to give in whatever way. 
obviously no one wants to be a taker, no one wants to be dependent on other people, that's nothing, we're not talking about that. But we're talking about just, we all need to reach out at some point, we all need to, others to support us at some point, we support each other, we need to facilitate that. Right, absolutely. So others can give. So, on, on that note of, of, of empathy and being happy for other people, so what do you think of this? I've heard you comment on this thing before. I don't remember quite exactly what you said, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. You once commented on something, and again, this is nothing to do with any particular school. Obviously, it's just a general educational idea. This idea that now, it seems like nowadays, everything needs to be a competition in school. Like if you have like a, like a science fair or something, like, you know, it has to be like someone wins like the best, uh, the best thing or, or whatever it is, whatever. Uh, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Are we building empathy by doing that or are we, we crushing empathy by doing that? Is ensuring that everything is about being competitive and about winning, is that maybe it's a chance to build empathy because then you're telling the child, be happy for the person that won. Or maybe we're not. What do you, what do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> that's a really interesting question. Um... Look, I think the way it's done is it doesn't build particular empathy. I think it's, it runs a bigger risk of building jealousy and also not really achieving its goal. In other words, because, yeah, in other words, if you have a child and someone else in the class gets a prize, as a parent, for you, it's a teachable moment and it's an opportunity to teach them and to encourage them to be happy for someone else. I get that. I hear that. that that's a possibility and that's an opportunity. But... I'm not sure the general culture is a healthy one. It's a culture of tremendous, tremendous competition where you're creating a culture that what success means is how you compare it to someone else. I think that's very unhealthy. There's a certain level of healthy competition, which is good, but I think we need to somehow find a way of creating a culture of competing with yourself rather than with other people. In other words, mm. showing recognition or rewarding or, or, or at least acknowledging when people... Grow. extend themselves and grow beyond their own limitations right not that the whole definition of success is when you're better than someone else i don't think that breeds much motivation i don't think that breeds enthusiasm in what you're doing you know it's, it, i think it's more crushing than anything else so i'm not such a fan as you know of the system and i don't think that's the way to build empathy i think the way to build empathy is if something did happen on a day-to-day -day where everyone has an opportunity to sort of shine in their own way to teach other people to celebrate when someone shines in whatever way it is, right. whether they asked the question, whether they were able to complete a project, whether they did a nice piece of artwork or whatever the case might be. But I hear the point, and in other words, I think we should always use that as an opportunity. I'm not sure if that culture is the best way to do it. All right, fascinating stuff. See you all back here next week. Excellent. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to The JP Show. For questions, comments, and feedback, please email rabbig at bina, B-I-N-A, dot com, dot A-U. See you next time.